Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. All right, y'all. You already know me. I'm Cade. I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. You know, the purpose here at No Limits is we want you to come in and get equipped to go out and make a difference. I'm sure you've got that already by the things that we've said. So that's why we're here today. We're here to get equipped. And throughout the year, I group my messages into series so that we can tackle specific subjects thoroughly. But in the summer, we change things up. During June and July, we bring you something different each week. You may have a different speaker or different subjects, and it's really just a great time to enjoy variety in the body of Christ. Did you know that God enjoys variety? He does. So last week, we got to hear from Dr. Mark Sherwood. If you missed that, you can catch it on the website. But today, I'm bringing you a very unique message. Um, This is one of the few churches where you're going to hear a message like I'm going to preach today. I don't know. Maybe you think that every Sunday. But Drake was telling me, actually, our sound guy back there, he's like, you know, on Sundays, I'm like, wow, that's a controversial subject. And then I show up the next week, I'm like, wow, that's even more controversial. (laughs) It's like, well, the the truth is just controversial. That's just where we're at today. But the title of my message today says it all. This is LGBT FAQ. I figure if they can keep adding letters to it, then I can too. If you've been out shopping lately, you're fully aware that June is Pride Month. Did you notice, Faith? You noticed that, didn't you? Beth and I were out shopping this past week, and in one store, we were greeted with a pride display as soon as we walked in the door. Like, you walk in the door, it's just like, bam, pride. We didn't buy anything there for that reason. Not doing it. She even went and tried some clothes on, and we're in the changing room. She's like, I don't know if I like this or not. I was like, you know what I don't like? Because we haven't talked about it yet. That we walked in, and there was a pride display right in front of my face, and I just don't want to support that. So anyway, we put the clothes back, and we left. Not rudely, we just smiled and left, all right? (laughs) But it's amazing how many businesses are taking part in Pride Month. Like, it's shocking. It's shocking. But since they're being so loud about their support of the movement, I figured I'd be loud too. So here I am. Only I'm not celebrating Pride Month. I'm celebrating LGBTQ Freedom Month. This month is an opportunity for revival. I'm believing God to make good out of this evil holiday by waking people up for deliverance, showing them that they need deliverance. God wants people free from the bondage of homosexuality and gender confusion, and that's what I'm standing for. And that's what we stand for here at No Limits, because that's what the Bible stands for. But you know why I'm so passionate about this? Because I was delivered from homosexuality more than 15 years ago, and freedom is awesome. It's awesome, and I want other people to have it too. So today I'm going to answer common questions that Christians have about the LGBTQ thing because I don't want you to be confused about these things. And I'm one of the most qualified people that you're going to hear talk about this subject because number one, I was once in that lifestyle and now I'm free. And number two, I have not been schooled by culture. I've been schooled by the Bible. And my perspective is biblical and that's it. So y'all ready? I can tell you're ready. This is going to be like rapid fire. I'm going to move through these questions pretty quickly. So buckle up and pay attention. It's going to be good stuff. Let me start with the most important question. What does God say about homosexuality? 
The answer to this question is so clear in the Bible. You're right, Grandma. Nevertheless, there are plenty of people who will try to bend Scripture to prove that God is okay with homosexuality. Just remember, Satan uses Scripture out of context as his ultimate weapon of deception. He tried it on Jesus. He'll try it on you. But Jesus didn't fall for it because he spent more time in the Word of God than 30 minutes on Sunday morning. He didn't fall for it. That's why it's important to spend time in the word of God every single day, because then you can walk in the truth and you can recognize when the devil is using scripture to try to deceive you because you have the full context of the word of God. You have the full counsel of the word of God. So I can guarantee you that everybody who touts scripture that says that they, that, that they use to think that homosexuality is acceptable behavior, according to the Bible, all they've done is they've Googled scriptures that will prove their stupidity. That's all they've done. Just a quick Google search. Seriously, if you think any part of the Bible sides with LGBTQ, you've only proved how biblically illiterate you are. The Bible is ultra clear on this subject. Let me show you. You can't skirt around this issue. It tells us exactly what God thinks. Leviticus 18.22. Do not practice homosexuality. What is homosexuality? Having sex with another man as with a woman. It is a detestable sin. How can you misinterpret that? So clear, and there's more. Romans 1, verse 27. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of the sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty that deserved. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Where are we at right now? Was he explaining our day? Surely. One more for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. This scripture is really helpful because it shows us that, yes, homosexuality is sin, but it's listed right there along all the other sexual sin. And we should stay away from all that sexual sin. We should stay away from greed and getting drunk and abusing people and cheating people. It's all grouped together. So don't think that just because you've never struggled with homosexuality that you're somehow better than somebody else. Because I can guarantee you, you've probably struggled with greed at some point in your life. We live in America, after all. We are to stay away from all sin. But since culture is working hard to convince you that homosexuality is not sin, that is why I'm spending time today showing you that it is. I want you to notice that two of, the scre- two of those three scriptures I shared with you were from the New Testament. Slow down. <laughs> Breathe. All right. So two of those three scriptures were from the New Testament. So that shows you that you can't even use the excuse that this is some Old Testament rule that was done away with. No. It's talked about in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So what does God say about homosexuality? It's sin. It's detestable. And if you continue in it, it's going to lead you to death in hell. Is there redemption for those who practice homosexuality? You better know it. I'm living proof. There is redemption. So turn from your wicked ways and turn to Jesus Christ. He'll give you the power that you need to walk free from homosexuality and live in freedom. All right. Question number two. Should Christians celebrate Pride Month? Mm. What if I told you that there's Christians who unknowingly 
lead people away from Jesus and towards hell. And they think they're leading people towards Jesus. Everyone who celebrates LGBTQ Pride Month is doing just that. They're leading people away from Jesus and towards hell. You see, the argument is Christians are supposed to love people. And I agree. Love God, love others. That sums up the Christian walk, right? But the Bible defines love differently than the world does. And it's really simple. God is love. Can you find me an example in the Bible where God celebrates sin? Mm-hmm. God never celebrates sin because it's destructive. True love does not rejoice in sin. It rejoices in the truth. And the truth is Jesus gives you freedom from sin. So to answer this question, should Christians celebrate Pride Month? It's a hard no. No. Christians should not, under any circumstance, take part in the celebration of LGBTQ Pride Month. Instead, we must celebrate freedom from homosexuality and gender confusion. It's time for those held captive by sexual sin to be set free. And it's up to us to spread the truth. All right, next question. Love is love, right? This is one of the most frequently used statements you're going to hear from those who celebrate sexual sin. And they use it because it shuts people down, especially Christians. But don't be fooled. This statement is about as anti-Christ as it comes. It's really hard to believe that Christians even fall for it because here's the truth. In 1 John 4, 8, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We already talked about that. God is love. So love is love, right? No. God is love. And Christians get really thrown off by this love stuff because Jesus taught us the greatest commandment is to love God and love others. People take this and run with it. They use it as an excuse to celebrate things that are detestable to God. A Christian who celebrates LGBTQ Pride Month is only proving one thing. They're not following Jesus. They're not. They've been infected with woke, counterfeit love. Because culture defines love as inclusion and acceptance, but that's not how the Bible defines love. 1 Corinthians 13 gives you a very detailed explanation of God's love. And people love to quote the first part of it. Love is patient and kind. Yeah, we can all agree on that, right? But have you ever considered what it says just a few verses down? If you keep going, let's look at chapter, or let's look at verse 6. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. This is an explanation of what love really is. The LGBTQ movement is iniquity. It is sin. God hates it because it destroys people and it sends them to hell. So if you really want to love people, do it God's way. Don't celebrate the things that are going to send them to hell. Celebrate Jesus who frees them from sin. Next question, are people born gay? When it comes to homosexuality, this theory that people are born that way, is often used to convince others that these unnatural sexual preferences can be viewed as natural, healthy expressions. Because if they were born that way, then it's got to be natural, right? Well, there's nothing to prove that homosexuality is some genetic disposition that cannot be escaped. There's nothing. Even Harvard did a study and could not prove it. Bummer, right? Because I'm sure they wanted to. I mean, it's well known in the scientific community that if homosexuality was genetic, then if one identical twin was homosexual, then 100% of the time, his brother would also be homosexual. But it's not the case. It's not true. They can't prove it. So there's nothing to prove that people are born gay, but there's plenty of people who can prove 
otherwise. I mean, I'm one of many who used to be full-on homosexual. Now I've been full-on heterosexual for 15 years. I've been married to my wife for 14 years, and not once have I slipped back into a homosexual relationship. Not once. It hasn't happened. I wouldn't go back to sin for nothing. Why would I go back to that? I've been blessed by God with freedom from sin and the reward of my beautiful wife and my five kids. Why would I go back to that? No one is born gay. Homosexuality is an ungodly behavior to be delivered from. And Jesus is the one, the only one who can give us power to step into that freedom. He did it for me. He can do it for you. Amen. Next question. Can you be saved and gay? So you may have never struggled with homosexuality, but you probably know somebody who has. So this is a question that probably every Christian has had at some point. And the Bible says that salvation requires two things in Romans 10, 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So two things. You must believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and you must openly declare Jesus is my Lord. What does that mean? It means you made a decision to abandon your own desires and pursue the way of Jesus. Because when you believe in Jesus, you follow Jesus. Salvation can't be earned by your right behavior. Don't hear that, because that's not what I'm saying. Salvation cannot be earned by your right behavior. Salvation is given to you as a free gift when you submit yourself to Christ. But since you are submitted to Christ, right behavior shows up as a result. So can you be saved and gay? For a little while. But it doesn't take long to figure out that homosexuality is not the way of Jesus. And since you're openly declaring, Jesus is my Lord, you're going to have to abandon that lifestyle and pursue the way of Jesus. If you don't, if you don't abandon homosexuality, you're revealing Jesus really isn't your Lord. Instead, you're saying my way is better. And that's why it's called the pride movement. Because everybody who participates in it is saying my way is better. I don't care that I just destroyed my family. I don't care that God doesn't like it. I'm going to do what I want. And I want you to know something about pride. Pride turned angels into demons. Pride turns believers into unbelievers. Because Jesus can't be Lord if you are. But know this, when Jesus becomes not just your Savior, but your Lord, when you actually submit yourself to Christ, he gives you the power to walk free from sin. He did it for me. He can do it for you. Next question, what about kids and LGBTQ? Well, just a few days ago, right here in Owasso, a pride parade took place at our city park. This tells us that it was approved by the city. And get this, this is going to blow your mind. It was sponsored by Owasso Pediatrics. One of the biggest pediatric clinics here in our city, who, suppo- who supposedly is dedicated to the health of our children, is supporting sexual perversion that destroys our children. I've been hearing news reports of drag queen shows being promoted as kid-friendly. Parents are taking their kids to these open displays of sexual perversion. This is how thick the deception is. I mean, it is thick. And i got to make sure that you haven't fallen into it. Because homosexuality is destructive. And our kids are the target. Satan wants to destroy children. If he can't get them through abortion, his next plan of assault is sexual perversion. 
If you're taking your kids to pride parades and to shop at stores that openly promote sexual sin, you're playing part in the destruction of your own kids. Parents, wake up. Wake up. This is not harmless. It is destructive. Teach your kids that homosexuality is destructive. God designed them to be the gender that they are. They're not going to find fulfillment trying to be something else other than what God designed. So you got to keep your kids out of the path of destruction. Keep them away from everything pride because it's far from destructive. I mean, it's far from innocent. It's destructive. Don't shop at those stores that have pride displays. Don't take your kids to Owasso Pediatrics. I'm serious. Don't take your kids there. There's a lot of other great doctors in our city. Don't allow TVs and movies that have gay characters. Protect your kids from everything pride because it's out to destroy them. And this leads to the next question. Well, what if my teen struggles with their sexuality? Kids are in a tough spot. Man, the LGBTQ movement has forced its way into sex education. And sexual perversion is now celebrated as something to be proud of. This is something they encounter every day at school. So it's really not that surprising when a kid struggles with their sexual identity. But as a parent, what do you do? What do you do? Well, first of all, don't freak out. Don't freak out. Homosexuality is not a life sentence. It's not. It's a season of confusion. And you, as their parent, can help them shorten that season. You got to start off by affirming your love for your child. They need to know that your, your love is not dependent upon their choices. You don't love them less because they're struggling. You love them un- unconditionally, so you're going to help them out by getting real with them and telling them the truth. You got to tell them how dangerous homosexuality is and how hard it is to get away from the longer that you're in it. You got to paint the picture of what it's going to be like at the end of their life as a homosexual alone with no kids, no grandkids, no legacy, nothing. The only thing they'll have to show is a life of brokenness, shame, and regret. Culture is working hard to convince kids that homosexuality is fun and games. It's so fun. So you need to be diligent as their parent to tell them the truth. It is destructive. And it keeps you from God's plan for your life. And not only that, but if you submit your life to homosexuality, the likelihood that you'll be saved at the end of it, it's slim. It's slim. Continuing in homosexuality is a path towards hell. Just because people struggle with that sin doesn't mean they're automatically going to hell. Don't hear that. But if you continue in it, it's a path towards hell. So you need to find stories of those who have found freedom from homosexuality so your kids can see it's, it's real. You're not born that way. This is not a life sentence. There's people who have found freedom, and you can find freedom too, and you're going to find freedom. Because I, as your parent, I'm praying for you, and I'm helping you walk this out. Living for Christ is way better than living in sin. So next question, what if I struggle with same-sex attraction? What if I struggle? Well, there's combinations of factors that contribute to each person's unique struggle with homosexuality. The first one I want to mention is what's going on in the media. I mean, make no doubt about it. The trash that's on TV these days plays a huge role in the increase of people who are having same-sex attraction. That's why if you want to protect your kids, you can't allow anything that has an open display of homosexuality. As soon as you see that, turn it off. You're not watching that. Another factor is sexual assault. Because there's a study that revealed that sexually abused young males are up to seven times more likely to self-identify as gay compared to their peers who were not abused. Seven times more likely. That's huge. 
probably the most common factor that leads a guy into homosexuality is the relationship that he has with his father. Because dad plays a pivotal role in his son's gender identity development. So listen to me, dads. It's up to you. It really is up to you. There's that mother-son bond that's crucial during infancy, but at some point you have to take the reins and show your son how to be a man and what it means to be a man, a godly man. He has to hear it from you. He can't get that from mom. And the issue for women is slightly different. They tend to struggle with gender identity when they experience femininity as either undesirable or unsafe. Sometimes this is from being sexually assaulted by a male. So they say, I'm never going to do that again. So they take this other path of same-sex attraction. And then other times it's because their mother appeared to be weak or their mother openly declared her dissatisfaction with being a woman and having the role of a woman. And I mean, we live in the culture where femininity is under attack anyway and make no doubt about it. Like this is the reason that it's under attack because Satan is trying to destroy families. No matter what the cause is though, you don't have to revisit your past to find freedom. That is not what I'm saying here. I only bring these things up to relieve you of some of the shame that you're feeling about the issue. Like if you're struggling with same-sex attraction, something happened in your life that altered your sexual identity. Something happened. In other words, you were not born that way. So you do not have to submit to those temptations. You don't have to. That's all they are. Temptations. That's it. You don't have to feel guilty about this temptation. We all have to deal with temptation. And the temptation of same-sex attraction is no different than the temptation of gossip. It's all temptation. And it only becomes a problem whenever you act on the temptation instead of resisting it. And here's how James explains it in chapter 1, verse 14. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. In other words, temptation, if not resisted, gives birth to sinful actions. You go and you act on your temptation. And if you continue to act on your temptation, it will lead you to hell, eternal death and hell. That's what the scripture is saying. So can we overcome temptation? Yes. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in us. Jesus was tempted and he never sinned. That same power lives in us. Man, look at this. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Isn't that comforting? And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Amen. So don't believe the BS gospel. That's what I call it. It's BS. The BS gospel that says you're going to sin every day. So just hold on to grace because you're going to need a lot of forgiveness. B.S. That's the B.S. gospel. Jesus is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is. But he also gives us power to live free from sin. God always provides a way out of temptation through Jesus Christ. And who is Jesus anyway? He's the word, right? Jesus is the word of God. And how did Jesus defeat temptation during those 40 days in the wilderness? With the word of God. He spoke the word of God. If you want to live free from sin, give your Bible some love. Give it some love. It contains everything you need to defeat every temptation and live free from sin. Here's some scriptures you can use against the temptation of same-sex attraction. 
Galatians 2.20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans 6.22, but now I am free from the power of sin and I've become a slave of God. So I do the things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. That's who I am. Ephesians 4.22, I threw off my old sinful nature and my former way of life, which was corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, I let the Spirit renew my thoughts and attitudes. I put on my new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That's who I am. You see how that works? You use the Word of God to defeat temptation. When that temptation comes up that you think you have same-sex attraction, you pull out these scriptures and you defeat the devil and you give him a black eye. So these are three of hundreds of scriptures you can use to defeat temptation. But know this, Jesus did not defeat temptation without the word of God. You will not defeat it without the word of God. All right, last question. What should the church do about LGBTQ? Speak the truth in love. We don't have to be hateful. We don't have to be mean, but we can speak the truth in love. They'll be mean back to you. I'm just going to warn you ahead of time. I got firsthand experience about every day, but I'm not mean to them. I'm just speaking the truth with a smile on my face in a way that's going to help them. Not everybody appreciates it, but this means we can play no part in the celebration of pride month. Absolutely none. No way. And we should steer clear of everybody who does. You should know that the most dangerous person you can be around is a person who says they're a Christian and they celebrate sin. Dangerous. This goes for those who celebrate Pride Month and this goes for those who support abortion. It goes for both. We don't celebrate sin. We celebrate freedom in Jesus Christ. One final word, though, for those of you who have never struggled with this. You tend to say things like, I just don't get it. I don't know how anybody could be attracted to the same sex. That's just, that's just gross. Saying things like that is not helpful to the person looking to find freedom. It's actually destructive because it makes them think, oh my gosh, I must have this one rare sin that can't be overcome. But now you know the reason they struggle is most likely because of something tragic that happened in their childhood. Let that stir up compassion. Let it stir up compassion. And now you also know that homosexuality is not a life sentence. So let that get you excited. Because freedom is just one choice away. And you can help lead them to that choice to give their life to Jesus Christ. But if they don't want the freedom, leave them to their sin and pray for them. You can't force them into it. But if they do want the freedom, help them out. Be patient with them. And use everything I taught you today to lead them into freedom. Because they're going to have these questions. And now you have the answer to them. And you can show them the scriptures. Y'all, it's LGBTQ Freedom Month. It's time for those held captive by sexual sin to be set free. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. 
And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.